Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. As Jesus was hanging there on the cross for six agonizing hours, bearing the reproach of man and the judgment of God, he did so as a genuine man. Yes, he was unique among all mankind in that he was without sin in and of himself. But his humanity was the same as ours in every other way. Yet at the same time, he was also God. And despite the fact that for the final three hours of his suffering, God as the economical spirit had to forsake him while he took upon himself the sins and transgressions of every man, yet intrinsically and essentially, he was and still is God. This is Christ Jesus the Lord, our Savior, the immortal who put on mortality. And this mysterious and marvelous God-man died a death that accomplished what no other death could ever accomplish. His death accomplished far more than just the forgiveness of sins, as we will see today. And in addition to dealing with all the negative things, his death also released the divine life to create the new man, the new creation, and ultimately to bring in the kingdom of God. Amen. Francis Ball is here with us as we come uh, to a deeper enjoyment of this portion. We get here really through chapter 15 in the book of Mark, though most of the verses we're going to touch today, Francis, are not going to be from Mark. We're going to be looking at uh, the death of Christ in a kind of an all-inclusive perspective. And that brings me to what I want to open with today, and I'll just throw this out to you. You know, there is a gospel understanding common today, and as far as it goes, it's not inaccurate. But it says something to the effect that, well, when Jesus was dying on the cross, He died for our sins, and therefore God can forgive us of our sins, and therefore, since he can forgive us, he can receive us into heaven so that we uh, will live forever. And that's about the extent uh, that this kind of common popular gospel goes today. And as I said, for the most part, it's not so much wrong, but it's tragic just to leave it at that point, isn't it? Yes, it is tragic to leave it at that point because the death of Christ accomplished much more than most of God's creatures realize, especially man. (laughs) But we do thank the Lord that he has gone much farther than just dying for our sins. Some people think that he forgave us our sins. No, he's not forgiving us our sins. He's forgiving us, and he's judging our sins. But that's only one aspect of all that God accomplished in Christ's death. I think we'll see today there's much more to the death of Christ than we had imagined. Yeah, that uh, I think if we can take nothing more from the program today than that realization that my uh, how I have shortchanged mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus in uh, my appreciation of all that He accomplished when He died for us. Of course, we also rejoice that He uh, came out of death and into resurrection. We'll touch that as well today. But mm-hmm. we're we're going to see many aspects, aren't we, related to His death uh, that go beyond this matter of just dealing with our sins and having the ability to, as you said very well, forgive us and judge our sins. Mm-hmm. 
Francis, let's look at a couple verses now. What we're going to see today actually are seven items on the negative side that Christ dealt with when he died on the cross, and then one very positive item. But for the first couple of sections, we're going to focus on these seven negative things that were all taken care of in this all-inclusive death. And uh, I will read first from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. It's the one we've been talking about, and that's the matter of sins, the first negative item. Who himself bore up our sins in his body on the tree, in order that we, having died to sins, might live to righteousness, by whose bruise you were healed. And then, uh, Francis, let's go to Romans chapter 8, verse 3. For that which the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of the flesh of sin, and concerning sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And I'd like to underscore the first verse talked about sins. This verse talks about sin, two different things, as we're about to find out. All right, let's join Winnes Lee for our first portion. And we're going to see right from the beginning here that there's an aspect of his death that goes beyond just the death of a mere perfect man. Here's Winnes Lee. When the Lord Jesus was going to the cross, he presented himself as the God-man by the eternal spirit. Then God accepted that offering and counted him as a sinner to be our substitute, eternal substitute. So his death solved the problem of our sins, all our offenses, all our transgressions, all our sinful acts, sinful doings, that eternal death has solved the problem of our sins once for all, eternally. Number two, you have to realize in the entire universe there is such a matter, sin. It's hard to define what is sin. It's easy to define what are sins. Sins are our sinful doings. Uh, lying, stealing, fornicating, this kind of uh, offenses, transgressions, transpasses, and so forth. These are the sins are easy to define it. But what is sin? It's hard to say. In this universe, there's such a thing that's called sin. Romans 8.3 says, God sent his son in the likeness of the flesh of sin, and to condemn sin. What is this? It's hard to say. Behold the Lamb of God, who took away the sin of the world. What is this? Well, it's really hard. According to my understanding of the Bible, also based upon my experience, such a sin is just the sinful nature of Satan. The satanic nature is sin. Sin was created by him. He is the source of sin. He is the element of sin. Actually, sin in the eyes of God just Satan. Paul says in Romans 7, I don't like to do that thing, yet I did it. Since I did something I don't like to do, that it's not I that did it. But sin 
the dwelt maid did it. Satan's sinful nature was injected into mankind by man's fall. The Lord's all-inclusive death has taken away the sin. His death judged the sin. His death condemned the sin. Francis, let's take a couple of minutes and talk about this distinction between sins and sin. Both are dealt with on the cross. Not just the things that we do, but this harder to understand thing called sin. And I appreciated his bringing out Paul's word in Romans chapter 7, because Paul there really kind of personifies this thing, sin, doesn't he? He said, sin dwelling in me makes me do these things. Yes, that's right. It seems that uh, we do have this experience quite often. The thing we didn't want to do, we did. Right. And there was some kind of force operating within us, in our emotions, or in our will, or in our mind, to try to get us to do something we didn't want to do, but we did it anyway. This is sin dwelling in us. This is the nature of Satan. So I think it's real helpful, Chris, to see that this Operating in us is the personified Satan. Satan himself is in us. So we surely need a deliverance, Mm. not only from the things we've done, but even from what is in us involuntarily that causes us to be against God. Francis, uh, on this point, this uh, sin nature that's in us, which we can trace directly to Satan himself, this satanic element that got injected into mankind at the fall— there is no thought in God's real plan of salvation and redemption of rehabilitating uh, this sinful nature, is there? This is just not what he has planned for that aspect of our being, is it? God doesn't have any thought about trying to improve us by our good behavior or our good determination or by any kind of influence that we might be under. But he wants to judge this thing that's in us. And he does do this. He himself became a man, bearing the sins of all mankind, bearing it even by bearing Satan himself, who is called in this portion we're looking at, who is called sin. Sin is Satan, the inventor of the world. So we'll see all these things put together under that kind of title as what we've been under our whole life long. And ever since the fall of Satan, the fall caused man to take under Satan's influence, even in the Garden of Eden. Man has been under that kind of person, Satan, who is called sin. That's his nickname, but it's his real character, sin. Of course, it's important to always be uh, mindful of the fact that the sin, uh, the flesh of sin that the Lord took upon himself did not have this satanic nature, but it It was the likeness of the flesh of sin, just like the brass serpent that was lifted up on the pole by Moses and Aaron bore the likeness of the serpent, but not the serpentine nature. Francis, let's go on to the next section. We've got uh, uh, more of these negative items. We've covered two now, the sins and sin. 
for the next three, let's look at Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live. Something else here was crucified along with Christ, as we read in that verse. In Hebrews chapter 2.14, it says, Since therefore the children have shared in blood and flesh, he also himself in like manner partook of the same, that through death he might destroy him who has the might of death, that is the devil. And finally, in Ephesians 2.15, abolishing in his flesh the law of the commandments in ordinances, that he might create the two in himself into one new man, so making peace. And so, Francis, out of these a few verses, we're actually going to see five more negative things that have been dealt with through the death of Christ. And Witness Lee in this section will help us see all of these five. This eternal death has also crucified us. Romans 6, 6. Our old man has been crucified, and I have been crucified. Marvelous. So the death on the cross of that God-man was all-inclusive. It includes us. We who are put into Christ by God, we all are there. We all are included in these all-inclusive eternal deaths. As our old man have been crucified there, then the whole old creation have been crucified. We, the human beings, are the uh, leading ones of the old creation. We represent the old creation. When man was crucified on the cross, that means the entire old creation was crucified there. Not only so, these eternal death of Christ also destroyed Satan. Hebrew 2.14 says, through his death, when he was in the blood and flesh, that means in his humanity, through his death in the flesh, he destroyed Satan, the power of death. Satan was crucified there. Not only so, you know, Satan formed a satanic system that is called the world. When he was destroyed on the cross, the world was also judged. Now, another item. Ephesians 2, 15 tells us, when Christ was crucified on the cross, his eternal death annulled, abolished, all the different ordinances of religion and of human living. The differences between the races, the differences between the social ranks, all these differences were abolished and not by the eternal death of Christ. Okay, Francis, uh, help me if I miss any here, but... Uh... We, in the first section, we saw sins were dealt with and sin was dealt with. Now we have uh, five more things. We ourselves, that is the old man plus the old creation. Mm-hmm. Then we have Satan himself, right? And the corrupt worldly satanic system that he created. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we have the ordinances. And this is a very hard one, I think, and one that people very seldom think about, but this matter of the ordinances that separate the races, 
uh, you're, you're free to touch any or all of these items, but a big plateful here, five uh, very major negative things. Those five things are very important for us to see, and I'm afraid for years that escaped my attention almost entirely yeah. until I heard this ministry and saw that so much was accomplished by the death of Christ on the cross. Not only as a man did he die there, but as God he died there. So that enabled him to deal with Satan. And as a man, he could deal with all of mankind. And we know that many of the differences among men are due to cultural matters, different practices that cause us to be separated from one another and not to care for one another, even to have wars against one another. But this is all dealt with by the death of Christ on the cross. You may think, then, why do we still have wars? Because we've not all been redeemed and been regenerated by the death of Christ and by the life of Christ. But this is what has been included in the death of Christ. He has included all these differences to make all the nations of the world one people. So I just uh, feel this is a very big, important item that was dealt with by Christ on the cross to deal with all our different cultures and our differences among the the races of people. You know, Francis, this one uh, has a particular uh, significance for me personally. I I got saved as a young man kind of at the tail end of my college years, and I came out of a, a background where I was very politically motivated and very idealistic, wanting, you know, the peace of mankind and all of those things that were uh, uh, being so uh, prominently bannered about in my generation. And eventually I got very uh, disillusioned and very discouraged because after having so much hopeful kind of optimism, but it was dashed by everything that was going on and what I saw around me, I finally came to the conclusion there's no way. Mankind can never live in peace. And I think that was one of the aspects of the gospel that really attracted me as a young person to realize it's only in the death and resurrection of Christ that there could ever be a solution to these insolvable problems. That is true, and it's so wonderful that you got that light early in life. I was during the Second World War, and uh, I was sensing some of the same things, wondering why we have to be at war with one another. Right. This is all because the death of Christ has not been... Uh, activated or not realized yeah. and in its effect upon us. It's been activated but not realized. Mm. And only when we know Christ and we have his spirit in us do we realize what he has done to make us one. Wow. Dealing with all these differences among the, the races of mankind and the nationalities. Well, we've touched these seven negative items at least briefly. We've saved this one big positive item for the final section. Let's join Witness Lee for that. John 12:24 says, One grain of wheat fell to the earth and grew up. It produced many grains. And this refers to Christ in his death. His all-inclusive death released his divine life from within him. Seven items are on the negative side. And the eighth item is on the positive side. In other words, his all incubus solved all the problems. Sins, sin, old man, old creation, Satan, and the satanic system, the world, and all the ordinances of different races, different ranks, and so forth. All these negative things all have been cut off by the all inclusive death of Christ. 
Then on the positive side, his eternal death has released his eternal life from within you. Now you can see such a thing is much greater than the creation of the old universe. It's greater. God, I tell you, God created the earth. God created the heavens. God created billions of atoms in this universe. He didn't spend that much to create as he spent to accomplish such an eternal death. This is greater. This is greater. It is not a small thing. When we read such a record, we shouldn't read it lightly. We have to realize, who was dying there? Who was dying there? God was dying there. The God-man was dying there. Surely that death was not common, was not ordinary. It was eternal. It was the death of a God-man. So this death accomplished so many things that actually it cursed up the entire universe. And it releases the divine life to produce a new man. That this new man eventually becomes the kingdom of God as the full development of that kingdom gene. Francis, uh, a lot of ways we could approach this last item, but I'd like to pick up one of the ways that he presented here. Uh, you consider, according to the record in the scripture, it took the Lord six days to make the original creation. But to produce this uh, new creation, it took at least 33 and a half years because that was the length of time since the from the incarnation until uh, this divine life was brought forth. And when you consider actually the significance of all that we've been talking about today really far surpasses the original creation, doesn't it? Marvelous. It really surpasses everything. (laughs) This has brought us into a new realm. This is something eternal accomplished by the death of Christ. Just imagine, Chris, something eternal was accomplished by the death of Christ. For six hours, he was hanging on the cross, and that six hours brought an end to the old creation and produced a new creation so that God could have a kingdom on the earth. And this was God's intention it accomplishes this kind of redemption with the divine life so that there could be a new man. We saw that the old man came from Satan. He invented the world to try to make this old man his possession, Satan's possession. But God's intention was to have one new man, I would say worldwide, universally wide. Right. So he died for the sins of all mankind, and he died to deal with Satan and all of Satan's activities and things. His death on the cross took care of that, and it released the divine life that was there to go in to make up the one new man. Now we can see that in the one new man, there are no differences no differences of race, no differences of culture, and so on. But the real oneness is the fact that we have the same life. God's very life, which was released at the cross, has now been put into us who receive him so that we are really one people. I believe 
Chris, this is what the Lord meant by the church. He's not talking about a denomination or a group of denominations or a movement. He's talking about redeemed people who have God's life being of the same race. (laughs) By that, I don't mean the race, red, yellow, black, or white. I mean by the same nature, by the same life. We are really constituted one. And this has solved the problem of all the differences among humanity and really defeats Satan's intention to divide us in so many ways that we could never accomplish anything. Thank the Lord for his redemption, for his life impartation, and for building up his body, the church. You know, Francis, through the years, there have been uh, uh, movements in, in, in the Christian church in a general way, and some have been called the full gospel movement. But I would say even that full gospel movement didn't really get the full gospel. I feel like we're just barely starting to scratch the surface of the real full gospel with the uh, kind of speaking we've heard today. Yes. Good to have you always uh, enjoy the time. We're um, kind of nearing the home stretch here in this life study of the Gospel of Mark, and it's been a, a tremendous opportunity to go back and visit these uh, passages that are well-known but not well-understood or well-appreciated. Well, well, I hope you come back before we're finished uh, with the Gospel of Mark. Francis, thanks well, again I today. look forward to that. We invite you to contact us. We'd like to see you get the printed material that uh, we take uh, these programs Uh, from, and we highly recommend the printed life study messages, the recovery version. If you'd like to find out about those, give us a call toll-free. Our number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. And we hope you'll join us for our next program. For Francis Ball and Chris Wilde, thanks very much for listening today. Witness Lee's remarkable commentary on the life of Abraham, taken from the life study of Genesis, is now available from Living Stream Ministry in a single volume entitled Abraham Called by God. Abraham Called by God by Witness Lee is available at Christian bookstores everywhere.